It's time, D-Heads. Disney Blue presents Disney On Demand. Every week, Disney Blue lets you relive the magic, the movies, and the memories with celebrity guests, the best of classic Disney, and breaking news on Disney's latest. So put on your ears and give it a little bibbidi-bobbidi-boo. Disney Blue's Disney On Demand is on the air! Now, here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment of Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. And this week, for the week of May 11th, 2017, show number 176, we have all kinds of fun. As we're going back to those days of animation, storyboards, and so much more. As we're welcoming none other than Michael Fiore here to the show. Now, Michael is the co-director and producer of Floyd Norman and Animated Life, the documentary about the true-life Disney animator Floyd Norman. He's going to stop in and talk about what it's like filming this icon iconic animation icon and storyboardist for the Walt Disney Company, his journey, and so much more. In addition, no show would be complete without the D-Team. That's right, you always have the questions and Aaron has the answers in I Want to Know. We also have Dominic with the latest with your tips and tricks for your Walt Disney World Resort trip in this week's Short Leash. We have the symphony for your ears as we have Paige back with a magical music review and Randy delving deep into Disney's multimedia this week. And we have the latest from the Walt Disney World Resort with WDW and 2 with our very own Caitlin. We have all kinds of fun hot off the D-Wire with news about Animal Kingdom, Hollywood Studios, the Walt Disney theme parks, Disney Channel, Disney Junior, Elena of Avalar, and so much more. So before we jump into this week's show and get fully animated here, I do want to mention that DizRadio.com is probably sponsored by Castle and Dreams Travel. And Castle and Dreams Travel is a 100% free agency. They're going to help you plan, book, and prepare, make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have, and treat you like family. They're going to grab you by the hand, walk you through the process, and make it seamless, magical, and make it the most special vacation that you could possibly have. They're award-winning and have bilingual experts to help you with any language barriers as well. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to get animated. It's time to jump onto those storyboards and create some Disney animated classics. So let's officially kick off show number 176 for the week of May 11th, 2017. And why not? I want to be just like you, Floyd. I want to be like you. Now I'm the king of the swingers, uh, the jungle VIP. I've reached the top and had to stop, and that's what's bothering me. I want to be a man, man cub, uh, and stroll right into town. And be just like the other men, I'm tired of monkeying around. Just clue me what to do 
give me the power of man's red flower and make my dreams come true. Now I will ape your mannerisms. We'll be a set of twins. No one will know where man ends and orang you can begins. And when I eat bananas, I won't feel them with my feet. Cause I'll become a man, man cub, and learn some magic. Simple People have often asked me how did it feel about being the first African-American at Disney. Well, I wasn't even aware that I was an African-American. <laughs> I was another artist looking for a job. There's always rumors of black people in Disney. It's always like, no, I think there is one. I was told as a kid, you know, hey, kid, well, you can't get a job at the Disney studio, you know? They don't, they don't hire blacks. I don't know, people just assume that. And because I want to do it, I just went there and applied for a job, and I got it. And when they told me I'm going to be working on the Jungle Book, I thought, how am I going to do this? Now he's upstairs with Walt Disney, and they're asking him to do the hardest thing of all, which is be funny. Come on, Floyd, be funny. But Floyd made it possible for others to say, well, he can do it, I can do it. Now there's enough of us for us to be mad at each other. Hey, there you go. <laughs> there's a black guy that I don't like. I've been an animator, layout artist, storyboard artist, writer. There's no one who had worked with Walt Disney and then gone to publications and then ended up at Pixar. Every time there's a great moment in animation, look around, there's Floyd Norman. He's like the Forrest Gump of animation. The kid's good. He's only 79 years old. He's a very introverted, very humble on the outside guy. But the truth is he's iconoclastic and he's a troublemaker. I remember on Mulan, he'd put out a book directed at the money-grubbing aspect of our industry. And some people got very upset by them. That guy's a bad guy. He's a troublemaker. Don't hire him. Hi there. Floyd says to us all, we could do better. That's part of what makes him a legend. Disney has been a part of his life forever. And when he turned 65, Disney told him, you're out of here. I've never seen him more devastated in his life. He was in his prime. They should not have let him go. Perfect. We're talking about race has been an issue. Now ageism is a real big issue. He told me when I was a kid, I would never retire. He's the biggest kid I know. He loves the studio. That's what has kept him young. If you love that and that's your life, you're not going to be stopped. The old guys have been beaten down. So they needed somebody that's maybe retired who can go in and raise hell. That might not even show up because I'm a retiree, so... Hello, Disney fans. This is Mike Fiore. I'm the producer and co-director of the documentary Floyd Norman, and Animated Life. You can get the Blu-ray now online at Floyd Norman Movie, and you're listening to DizRadio.com.
the names together, cruel and error, to fit her meanerosity. They call her Cruella de Vil. Cruella de Vil. If she doesn't scare you, nor even Pingwell, to see her is to take a sudden chill. Cruella, Cruella de Vil. The curl of her lips, the ice in her stare. All innocent children had better beware. She's like a spider waiting for the kill. Look after Cruella de Vil. At first you think Cruella is the devil. Wore away the shock. You come to realize you've seen her burning eyes watching you from underneath a rock. This vampire bat, this inhuman beast, she had to be locked up and never released. The world was such a wholesome place until Cruella, Cruella Deville. She'll take the shirt off your back. And then she will pair the skin from Phytosacroiliac and leave him cold and bare. Her dragon breath's in need of chlorophyll. Shoot! Cruella, Cruella Deville. This vampire bat, this inhuman beast, she ought to be locked up and never released. The world was such a wholesome place until Cruella, Cruella Deville. She's such a monster. Head for the roundhouse, she'll never call you there. I can't believe it. It's Disney Blues, Disney on demand. You hear that? It's the winds of change. Here's your host, Jonathan Johnson. All right, LVD heads, so I am back, and I hope you enjoyed the official kickoff for show number 176 for the week of May 11th, 2017, as we're gearing up to get animated, get up on that storyboarded wall, and so much more, as we have none other than Michael Fiore. Yes, the co-director and producer of Floyd Norman and Animated Life, the true documentary about Disney animator Floyd Norman. And he's going to be stopping in, chatting with all of us about this awesome documentary, ways that you can even go floitering with Floyd, and we'll have more about that a little bit later, and so much more. We also have the D-team stopping in of Aaron, Dominic, Caitlin, Paige, and Randy all stopping in with their signature segments and all kinds of fun hot off the horizon. So, all VD heads, before I jump into the news hot off this D-Wire here this week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at the show. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets. On our brand new Facebook page, yes, we are still rebuilding from that hacker that deleted our previous page. So with the help of all of you D-heads, we'll get it back up there like we did for the last seven years. So you can find us there as well on Facebook.com slash Diz Radio Show. That's Facebook.com slash D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. You can also follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U. Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand, all of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical little show here at Diz Radio. And remember, if you just can't wait, you need the magic instantly in your ears. You're just 
itching to hear our voices every single week. It's super easy. All you have to do is go to iTunes or Stitcher Radio and subscribe right there. Just search Diz Radio, Disney Blue, or Disney On Demand. Subscribe and get the latest shows on your iPhone, your Android, your tablet, the device of your choosing, and you can hear our voices in your ears as soon as it gets released every single week. Celebrity guests and all. And finally, all of you D-heads, if I talk too fast, which I tend to do, all you have to do is go to DizRadio.com and find all these links there as well. Wow, with all of that out of the way, it is time to jump off that news hot off the D-wire. And how about Nalgene Outdoor unveiling an all-new Marvel-inspired bottle for Guardians of the Galaxy? That's right, Nalgene has now introduced a new universe of its popular bottles inspired by Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, the Guardians of the Galaxy bottles are all new that are going to be geared more towards the children and the people that really do love the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, as they've stated in their official press release, We'll leave fate of the universe in the Guardians' hands, and their capable hands. When it comes to defeating thirst, though, our bottles are known to hydrate even the toughest of superheroes, said Eric Hansen, the product director of Nalgene Outdoor Products. Now, I, for one, know that my son is going to love this. I'm always using refillable water bottles as well, and... I know my kids are going to love these because it is truly fun. Now, it is set for Marvel enthusiasts with big thirst. Now, these are made in the USA. They're 32 ounces, and they're a wide mouth bottle. So you're going to get the most water, so you can just chug it down as fast as you can. Now, most of the manufacturer sale retail prices are going to be anywhere between $11.99 to $14.99 per bottle. But you can also buy them as a complete package set as well. So this is truly awesome. Great new thing to add with the Guardians of the Galaxy. And since Guardians of the Galaxy is the hot topic right now. I have a couple of things on the Guardians news front right now that I'll get into. And how about Pez Candy announcing a new Marvel's Guardians of the Galaxy offering? Yes, Pez Candy, we all love our Pez, right? Announced this week that the latest addition to its product line is going to be the addition of Rocket and Groot from Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, the all-new Guardians of the Galaxy twin pack features the iconic Groot and Rocket, with Rocket appearing on the twin pack exclusively in the mini Pez dispenser. Now, the Marvel Pez assortment has been upgraded and updated to include Rocket and Groot in addition to many Marvel favorites like Spider-Man, Iron Man, and Captain America as well. Now, this is going to set things in motion for all new uh, collectors and people that really do love Pez. And like I said, there is a lot of Guardians of the Galaxy news, so I'm just going to get that one out of the way right away. And how about Doritos? Yes, this one's a little bit of old news, but it is awesome news and i will say i did get my hands on one but doritos is rocking out with guardians of the galaxy volume 2 for the out of this world soundtrack release now as i mentioned i already got one of these and they're awesome i got them instantly as they went on sale now the galactic beats are dropping once more as they say in a snackable style now through the collaboration of marvel studios guardians of the galaxy volume 2 doritos is one of the marketing brands that's going to create an all-new bag now this new bag is fantastic it comes with an all-new i guess it comes in like a dorito bag and it has an mp3 player that is stitched inside of the dorito bag it also comes with headphones that you can plug in listen to the full soundtrack of guardians of the galaxy volume 2 and it also has another inside bag of doritos so you can chomp out and listen and just eat doritos listen to the soundtrack and have some fun now the unique soundtrack release is part of the collaboration between doritos and marvel that is featuring guardians of the galaxy now as they have released so far in their press junket the soundtrack to the first guardians of the galaxy film was such a hit and became immensely popular with music fans that we wanted to create a unique way for fans to experience the second soundtrack and installment, said Ryan Maito, senior director of marketing for 
Frito-Lay North America. Now, this is officially released on Amazon.com slash Doritos. It has been sold out for quite some time. That's the part that you're going to have trouble with, is it is sold out. I mean, it was really hard for me to get one, but let's just say I was camping out and internet stalking that night because I wanted to make sure I got it. Now, this is a fantastic piece. I mean, seriously, you get the soundtrack, MP3 player, headphones, uh, a bag of Doritos, and it all comes in this exclusive, gigantic bag of Doritos as well. So... It really is awesome and, and great. So check it out, Amazon.com slash Doritos. Now, moving on from that, now we're done with Guardians of the Galaxy, right? We got it out of our system. We're ready to move on. How about the Disney Wonder becoming the first passenger vessel to transit the new Panama Canal locks? Now, the Disney Wonder transited the Panama Canal as the first passenger vessel to go through the canal's new set of locks marking a milestone for the cruise industry. Now, the Disney Cruise Line's 2,713-passenger ship was transformed in late 2016, expanding the length of the Disney Wonder to 984 feet. Now, the Disney Wonder Panama Canal Crossing is part of a 14-night voyage from Port Canaveral, Florida to San Diego, where the ship will sail cruises to Baja, Mexico, and many others before a summer season from Vancouver to Alaska. Now, headlining the ship's enhancements with an all-new imaginative spaces for children, this is the first time that it is a passenger vessel to transit the new Panama Canal locks. Now, if you want to find out more about the Disney Cruise Line, the Disney Wonder, and so much more, including many of the upgrades that they had, including the all-new Marvel Universe and Disney's frozen areas that they have as part of this, and the all-new Princess and the Frog restaurant, all you have to do is go to DisneyCruiseLine.com, or you can also follow them at Disney Cruise on Twitter as well. Now, since we are talking about partnerships, collaborations, and things like that with Guardians of the Galaxy, Doritos, and so much more, how about Auto Trader announcing a collaboration with the Disney Pixar's Cars 3? Now, Auto Trader, the most visited third-party car shopping site, launched a television advertising campaign in collaboration with the anticipated film Cars 3, which hits theaters on June 16, 2017. Now, in the spirit of the film and centered around Auto Trader's personalized search functionality, the 30-second Auto Trader television spot features the well-known cast of characters from Disney Pixar's Cars 3, showcasing their distinctive personalities and more. Now, collaborating with Disney Pixar's 3 was a natural fit, as they stated, and they said that this is one of those things that really felt natural. Between Cars 3, Auto Trader, and the entire Cars franchise, it is something that is going to continue to grow and grow every year in popularity. Now, the spot also concludes with the tagline, Every car has a personality. Find the one that fits you at Auto Trader. Great partnership. I'm not endorsing Auto Trader. I've never actually used them, but it's a great partnership. It does seem like a natural fit. And come on, every car does have a personality, right? I mean, I clearly remember about 15 years ago, I had the Skatemobile. Let's just say he was my version of Herbie, but for skaters. I'll leave it at that. Now, since we are talking about partnerships, yes, there is a lot of them here this week in news. How about eBay teaming up with Disney to celebrate the premiere of Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales? Now, in celebration of the premiere of Disney and Jerry Bruckheimer Films, Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, eBay is launching an exclusive experience that is a selection of new merchandise on ebay.com slash Pirates. Now, through this eBay campaign, fans can browse and buy unique memorabilia, including officially licensed Disney merchandise, in one place and one destination on eBay. 
Now with time to launch this month, Disney is also teaming up with a series of experiences and memorabilia that's going to be auctioned off at eBay for charity with all the proceeds benefiting the American Red Cross. Now the, some of the things that they are going to be auctioning off that is going to the Red Cross, remember that, it's going to charity, not into somebody's pocket here. You can travel to the Hollywood premiere. Yes, from now until May 12th, you can bid for a chance to attend the Hollywood premiere of Disney's Pirates of the Caribbean, Dead Men Tell No Tales, at the official pre-party on May 18th. You can have the opportunity to meet the filmmakers, celebrities, attend the pre-party, and more, which is exclusively for those attending at the highest bidder so far of $2,000 so far as well. So this is a fantastic romp, and you can find out more about that one just by searching ebay.com slash rpp slash pirates dash of dash the dash Caribbean slash charity. Now, if that was a lot, we do have a write-up on our website at disradio.com, or you can go to ebay.com slash Disney Pirates. Now, one of the other experiences that they are having is own iconic movie memorabilia. Now, also beginning on May 19th at 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, you can bid to own exclusive props from the sets of all of the pirate films, including a treasure chest, a cannonball with a chain, a goblet, large telescope, a longboat oar, and so much more. Now, as the Walt Disney Studios has said, we are thrilled to be collaborating with eBay to create a truly unique shopping experience for Pirates of the Caribbean fans everywhere, Lyle Brer had said from the Walt Disney Company. Now, they look forward to welcoming fans to the Hollywood premiere as well. Now, as eBay has stated, our marketplace is full of offerings, and this is one that is truly unique that's also going to charity to help the American Red Cross. Now, like I said, if you want to find out more about this, it is really easy. All you have to do is go to ebay.com slash Disney Pirates. Now, continuing on here with news, how about jumping into Disney to livestream happily ever after the fireworks debut? That's right. If you can't get enough and you can't get to the Magic Kingdom in time, there is a new fireworks show if you haven't heard all over the boards, posted all over the internet and everywhere else. But the Disney Parks blog is going to host the all-new live stream of the premiere of the theme park fireworks happily ever after starting at 8.55 p.m. on Friday, May 12th. You can go to the website, watch the fireworks light up the sky above Cinderella's castle. Now this show, as we all know, is replacing Wishes. After more than 13 years and it will use some of the most advanced technology, projecting scenes and more from Disney, Pixar, on the castle, as well as fireworks, lasers, and an all-new song titled Happily Ever After. Now, many of us are up in arms. We're going to miss Wishes. It is what it is. Much like how we all miss, I mean, I still miss Spectral Magic. I mean, if anything, I still really miss Spectral Magic, and I do love Wishes. That music and the melody, and it just really brought tears to your eyes, but I do have faith in Disney knowing what they're doing. And after 13 years, it is time. And now you can get your first glimpse tomorrow night on May 12th at 8.55 p.m. on the Disney Parks blog. Now, D-Heads, there was even more news that I had about Guy Ritchie and Disney's Aladdin and how the remake is going to be a musical, as well as a Haunted Mansion restaurant and so much more. But I'm going to wrap it up here because I'm already going long here in news. We have more coming from the D-Team and we're gearing up for Michael Fiore. Yes, the co-director and producer of Floyd Norman in Animated Life, the true documentary about the animator from the Walt Disney Studios, Floyd Norman, and so much more. So before I release reigns here to the D-Team of Aaron, Dominic, Page, Caitlin, Randy, everybody stopping in here. 
For all the fun for your ears here, I do want to tell you that Castle and Dreams Travel is the official sponsor of DizRadio.com. Castle and Dreams Travel is going to help you plan, book, prepare, make the most magical vacation that you could possibly have. They're going to help you with dining reservations, tickets, and so much more, and treat you like family. Be like that father overlooking you, wanting to look down and really just make sure you have the most magical experience. And they have bilingual experts. So they have bilingual agents that are going to help you with that language barrier and more to truly make it magical. So definitely check them out. Castle and Dreams Travel, the official sponsor of Diz Radio. So all of you D-heads, with that said, it is time to move on. It's time to press on. It's time to continue on with show number 176 for the week of May 11th, 2017. And you know, it's one of those things that without all of you D-heads, I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. Take it away, team, and I'll be back a little bit later. Mike check, one, two, one, two. Alright, it's working. Yo, welcome to the best collaboration of all times ever made. Emily Osmond, Mitchell Musso, and BT on the track. Word. If I were a rich man with a million or two, I'd live in a penthouse in a room with a view. Yeah. And if I were handsome, well, it could happen. Those dreams do come true. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. I wouldn't have nothing. For years I have envied your grace and your charm. Yes, I know, I know, I know. <laughs> but I must admit it. Come on, admit it. Big guy, you always come through. Yes, I do, I do, I do. I wouldn't have nothing if I didn't have you. Yeah. You and me together. That's how it should always be. If I didn't have you to serve Just a punky little eyeball And a funky optic nerve Word Hey, I never told you this, but uh Sometimes I get a little blue
the grand prize winner. And their dealings with dressed envelope to Davis and Kirk. Right down that in a galaxy far, far away, a brother and sister search for their missing parents. How are we going to find them? We will. Don't worry. And fate leads them to the magical Ewoks. We help you. Now, a great adventure begins. It's an action-packed motion picture featuring incredible special effects from the award-winning team of Industrial Light and Magic. That's Mommy and Daddy. Sometimes when you search for the impossible, an unbelievable adventure unfolds. I wish we had furry creatures like you where I came from. Don't miss The Ewok Adventure. Now on video cassette from MGM UA Home Video. Hi, it's Tim Rose here. I've been in such things as Dark Crystal, Labyrinth, uh, Return of the Jedi, Return to Oz, a lot of those old animatronic pictures from the 80s and early 90s. I'd just like to say that you are here listening to Disney On Demand, and I hope you're enjoying it. You have questions, we have answers. Let's dip our hands into the virtual mailbag and uncover the truth in I Want to Know. Hey, D-Heads, this is Aaron, and it's time again for another installment of I Want to Know. This segment is brought to you by Noah's Ark, because that's what we need here in Northwest Arkansas after 10 inches of rain on Saturday. There was water everywhere, rivers and lakes where there used to be roads and yards, but we are starting to dry out from the rain, but unfortunately there's more in the forecast. Hope everyone is safe wherever you are. Well, the virtual mailbag is full, so let's reach in and see what questions we have for this week. First question is from Jackson F. of Michigan, and he writes, Aaron and the D-Team, since you cover all things under the Disney umbrella, how about some Star Wars? I know there have been a few Star Wars movies for TV. I am a young D-head, but people have talked about an Ewok movie. Where can I find it? And was there only one? Thanks for the help. Well, I'm a huge Star Wars nerd, just ask my wife. As far as TV movies and specials, there were two Ewok movies and a holiday special, which we are never to speak of. Two Ewok movies were Caravan of Courage and Ewok Adventure in 1984, and Ewoks, The Battle for Endor in 1985. Caravan of Courage is about the Ewoks helping the Tawani family. The Tawani family's civilian shuttlecraft crashes on the forest moon of Endor. The four family members are separated. Jeremit and Katarine, the mother and father, are captured by the giant Gorax. And Mace and Sindel, the son and daughter, are missing when they are captured. The next day, the Ewok Deej is looking for his two sons when they find Sindel all alone in the shuttle. When Mace appears with the emergency blaster, Sindel eventually convinces him that the Ewoks are nice. 
Then the Ewoks and the children go on an adventure to find the parents. And the second film, The Battle for Endor, is set about six months later. The Star Cruiser is almost completely fixed, but an army of marauders led by the King Tarak and the witch Shirel attack the Ewok village. The parents and the brother of Sindel all die in this, in this attack. Sindel and Wicket escape into the forest where they meet Teak, a naughty and very fast animal. Teak takes them to a house in which an old man, Noah, lives. Like Sindel, he also crashed his star cruiser on Endor. Together they fight Tarek and Shirel. The film was released on DVD with his predecessor as a double feature collection entitled Star Wars Ewok Adventures on November 23, 2004 via 20th Century Fox Home Entertainment. The release was a single double-sided disc with one film on each side. Fox had reported a bonus material for this release, including behind-the-scenes footage shot during the making of the films that was made for an ABC special, but unfortunately was never finished. But no bonus material was eventually included with the DVD upon release. And by the way, if you love the Ewoks, there was also an animated series. It was called Ewoks, and it aired from 1985 to 1986. Well, our next question is from Heather from Oregon, and she writes, Hello, Disney On Demand. My question is about a Disney character. He was part lion and part something else. I've tried to Google a few things and come up with nothing. Any help would be appreciated. Keep up the great work on the show. I believe you're talking about Bumble Lion from The Wuzzles. The Wuzzles was an animated television series created for Saturday morning television. It was first broadcast on September 14, 1985 on CBS. It's an idea of Michael Eisner for his new Disney television animation studio. The premise is that the main characters are hybrids of two different animals. Bumble Lion was half Bumblebee and half Lion. He's mostly Lion in appearance. He's short, squat, orange-furred creature with a pink mane, fuzzy antenna, a lion's tail, small insect wings, and horizontal brown stripes up his tummy. He lives in a beehive, likes sports, and is courageous. There's some clips and episodes to watch on YouTube, so you can check them out. Well, our final question this week is from Slater of Chicago, and he writes, Hey D-Team, great new logo in the iTunes feed. Love it, it pops. I was recently at a Comic-Con where I met Jonathan at a Disney meetup. He got me wondering about all the things under the Disney name I thought I knew about. He really knows this stuff. Anyways, my question is about MGM Studios. First, was Star Tours an original opening day attraction, and they still have toys from Rex? I never knew they there were Rex toys. Second, is it true Bette Midler filmed a movie there? Thank you for the rockin' help, Aaron. Well, Disney MGM Studios opened May 1st, 1989, and Star Tours opened December 15th, 1989. So I guess it was an opening year attraction, but not an opening day. 
There was a line of Rex toys, and I'm guessing they're probably not available anymore. But it's been a few years since I've been to the park, so I can't confirm that for sure. There are some available for purchase on eBay, though. And now to Bette Midler. She was in a short film called The Lottery. The Lottery is a 1989 America film starring Bette Midler and directed by Gary Marshall, which was shown at the then Disney MGM Studios in line for the first versions of the Studio Backlot Tour. Bette Midler stars as a music teacher, giving a singing lesson to his student in her apartment. She suddenly wins the lottery but quickly loses the ticket when it's swept out her window by a gust of wind and subsequently chases the ticket all over New York City. The lottery was shot on February 3, 1989 at the Disney MGM Studios on the New York City backlot set and it took a crew of over 100 people to produce. It was the first film to be completely filmed at the Disney MGM Studios theme park. It was used to demonstrate general filmmaking, the use of exterior sets and soundstage sets, special effects, and stunts. Well, D-Heads, that concludes another installment of I Want to Know. Thanks for the great questions and keep them coming. Send all your questions or comments to Aaron, E-R-I-N, at DizRadio.com. Make sure to include your name and city so I can give you credit. And remember, D-Heads, laughter is timeless, imagination has no age, and dreams are forever. We'll see you next week, D-Heads. We're in the land of was they're having twice the fun Cause every single thing is really two in one A little bit of this, a little bit of that And when you add it up, you get a lot of laughs Ooh, they got originality Living with a split personality With a wuzzle Ooh, yeah With a wuzzle Uh-huh, yeah The star who has all of Tinseltown green with envy. We're here. The Muppets have arrived at the Disney MGM Studios theme park. Meet Kermit, Fuzzy Bear, Hermes Piggy, and all your Muppet favorites as they come to permanently leave their mark in this spectacular world of glitz and glamour. Hey, everybody, it's time to do the show. Story. Here come the Muppets, only at the Disney MGM Studios theme park. Hi there, it's Caitlin here with WDWN2, a quick rundown of what's happening in the parks. At the Star Wars celebration a few weeks ago, it was announced that by the end of this year, Star Tours will have another adventure added to its repertoire. This adventure will tie in with the teaser trailer just released for the highly anticipated Star Wars The Last Jedi. The Frozen Summer Games with Kristoff and Olaf are returning to Blizzard Beach this summer, starting May 26th. 
They'll have a meet and greet location this year, crafts, games, a DJ, and you can participate in everything from ice pail relays and a snowball toss to ski pole limbo and slide races. Make sure your little ones know whether they're Team Olaf or Team Kristoff. I have a feeling those two like a little friendly competition. If you're planning your last viewing of Wishes in the Magic Kingdom, make a note in those planners that the final show will be on May 11th. And with no time to lose, the premiere of Happily Ever After is the very next night, May 12th. The Tangled Floating Lantern PhotoPass opportunity has been so popular, it seems like they're trying out a similar idea in other parts of the park. In the China Pavilion and Epcot's World Showcase, you can now pose for a photo with a beautiful glowing lily pad-like flower blossom. I love that they're incorporating this new technology to make your trip photos even more unique. You can find a PhotoPass photographer stationed outside the China Pavilion at 7.30 in the evenings, weather permitting. If you're looking for a new restaurant to try at Disney Springs, the Polite Pig is one of the newest dining locations on property. It opened last month and features modern barbecue. So save your appetite because everything looks delicious. Thanks for listening and until next time, don't forget, you can fly. Ready to begin, let the wonder take hold. With this wonderful original opening song called Happily Ever After that really talks about the journey that we all take in life and the way that we look at finding our own happily ever after. Feel it draw you in, what's the moment unfold? You know, my happily ever after is being able to do what I love every day of my life. This is part of my happily ever after, being a part of this experience, you know, being a part of this thing that's going to be immortalized that millions of people will see over the course of however long it exists at the park. Spark a dream that we're meant to follow, setting out for a new tomorrow. I think this song is so special to me because I wasn't always a musician. I was, I was working on cars and going to school four years ago. And I took a leap of faith, which is what Disney is. It's, it's about believing in something, not because the reasons are telling you to, but because you want to, because your body, your heart, and your soul is telling you to. That, I think, is so perfectly summed up in this song. It's magical, it truly is, it's magical. Disney's so good at storytelling. And it's so good at inspiring, but at the end of the day, it doesn't mean anything until you find a way to apply it to your own life. And I think that's the, the wondrous part of the whole song, of the whole fireworks experience, is, is that moment when you realize, well, what's yours? Like, what's your dream? My favorite part of the song is uh, the finale. It's, it's the Happily Ever After reprise. And there's a moment, um, the lyrics go, uh, we're changed by the way we live every day. Look up and reach to the sky. My, my favorite Disney film of all time is Peter Pan. I think the sentiment of lyrically what is being structured and how it takes off and lifts into this incredible finale where you hear, you know, this amazing 90 piece <laughs> gospel choir. It's, it's so big and it's so beautiful and I think the sentiment behind it makes it even more special and then, you know, add the fireworks and the amazing animation. I think that that's going to be a moment that everybody remembers. I'm so excited.
So we're here in London at Air Studios to record a 75-piece orchestra for the new show, Happily Ever After, Magic Kingdom. Happily Ever After is really meant to be the kiss goodnight, the kind of final moment where you and your family gather together to watch this experience, and the music is truly at the heart of everything. It's the script, it's the emotion, it's the thing that guides us through. Yeah. Great. Yeah. Love it. With this show, it's really a, a wide range of emotions. We've got some beautiful stuff that's just very sensitive to, uh, you know, we've got this banging section we call adversity, which is where the heroes are going through the adversity on their journey. So, we, you know, it can be loud and exciting, wonderful and loving. We've got another section, which is the friends section. It's just constantly changing and moving. What's so wonderful about this show is taking what in the world I love, which is music, and the world of Disney music, the power of Disney music. How do you put all of these themes that were written at different times by different composers together in one piece of music? And that's really how we feel about this whole show, is that it's one, very much one continuous piece of music that you go on this journey for. As our audience watches the show, I want them to feel the same emotions that our characters are feeling. I want them to feel this sense of adventure. I want them to have moments where they dream. I want them to reflect on their own dreams. I want them to feel love. You know, I want them to laugh. These are all the emotions that we're going to be conveying, both visually and, of course, musically. Hi, this is Mark Elliott, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. And now, our feature presentation. Who let the dogs out? 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 Hello, everyone. This is Dominic, and welcome to another edition of Disney's Short Leash. If you're new to the segment, a short leash isn't the new name for a magic band. No, the short leash is a series of tips for people to get the most out of their Walt Disney World vacation when they are short on time or short on money. With any luck, you may be able to try some of these suggestions and quite possibly do as much, if not more, than someone vacationing with a greater amount of time or a larger budget. After setting the stage over the last few months with some general tips, we'll continue to get more specific with short leash planning details. This week we're talking transportation with a little something I call anything but the bus. A strong argument for staying on property at Walt Disney World is the transportation services. Disney will literally take you from the airplane itself and move you to wherever you want to go on property. We are probably one board meeting away from someone pitching the idea of the Disney Magical Express coming to your house, putting dark bags over your head, throwing you into a white van, and then waking you up at the Grand Floridian. It's pretty convenient. Even if you do not stay at a Disney resort, once your car is parked, you can get anywhere you want to go on property. Many people opt for the bus. It's like Kim Kardashian five years ago. It's literally everywhere, and it's tough to mess up. The bus, that is. Kim's a train wreck. You find a bus station that's heading where you want to go, you hop on, and shazam! There you are. You're on your way. Despite that, our family are not made up of bus people. Hate is a strong word, so this is a perfect time to use it. I literally hate the bus. But I always support my argument with evidence, so here are my top five reasons the bus is my least favorite form of Disney transportation. Number one, if you travel at peak time, and that's what we usually do, it's crowded. Always. Like a nun on prom night, it's a giant tease, you could be first in line, the doors will open, you'll precede the board on a full bus. 
The driver will do his best bottom of a tube of toothpaste impersonation and fruitlessly try to squeeze everybody into any available space. If you are fortunate enough to receive a seat, manners and an empathetic sense of decency towards your fellow man will most likely have you giving up that said seat for the first child, pregnant woman, elderly person that walks on next. Receiving a seat from a good Samaritan is no price either. My wife was given a seat by a guy who then stood facing towards her so she could be eye level to his crotch as he proceeded to serenade her and the rest of the bus with bad whistling. Reason number two, it's smelly. Florida is hot, people sweat, days are long, and deodorant is not everlasting. The bus's strategically placed standing room only handrail straps all but guarantee that you'll be nose to armpit with someone who isn't so zestfully clean. Reason number three, it stops a lot and sometimes isn't so direct. At a moderate resort that shall not be named, we boarded the bus and then did three or four more stops within our own resort before proceeding to yet another resort, which did three or four more stops before proceeding to our actual desired location. The aggravation this process creates is amplified at night when you just want to go home and not do a resort tour. Reason number four, there's nothing really Disney magical about the bus. The bus is 100% function with no form. It does the job and that is it. It gets you from point A to point B, sometimes detouring through the rest of the alphabet along the way. But in a world where there's a train from the retro future that is the monorail, boat rides, and rumors of an impending gondola to take you places, all of which are attractions unto themselves, a bus is just about the least magical way to move from place to place. And finally, number five, it's a time killer. It is true that about every 20 minutes a bus does show up, but like I said earlier, it might not show up empty. If you have to wait for a second bus, you can burn up the 40 minutes at the bus stop alone. And if it stops anywhere else before it gets to where you want to go, you're killing even more time. If I'm taking the bus to get anywhere, I'm realistically looking at 45 minutes to an hour of lost time. And an hour of Disney time, especially on a short lease trip, is a good chunk of money. I admit I may be in the minority here, but I am a car advocate. There's no Disney magic here, but for a small yet ever-increasing fee, you have as close to complete freedom of movement as you can get. Leave when you want, go directly to where you want next, and the only smell with you is the people that you brought. There are some cons. Cost. It does cost money to park. There are strategies in the wild of how you can avoid the parking fees, but they usually involve parking somewhere you didn't want to be to hop a bus to where you wanted to go, and that kind of defeats the purpose. Another con depends on where you have parked and where you're going to go next. Disney transportation may be a faster, better option, especially when dealing with the Magic Kingdom where the parking lot is so far removed from the park itself. Unless I'm going to Animal Kingdom and I'm trying to avoid the bus, I'll just drive straight there, but normally I just tend to leave the car at the transportation and ticket center, then park hop by other means. Taking a monorail from the Magic Kingdom to Epcot, walking from Epcot to visit the boardwalk on the way to Hollywood Studios, or taking a boat back and forth between the two or some bus-free modes of travel. We aren't big on the table service restaurants at the Magic Kingdom, so we can take a monorail from the park to eat at a resort before returning by watercraft. But these have some cons too. These methods may not be the most direct, and there's no guarantee that there won't be just as long a wait for a boat or the monorail as there would be for the bus. Also, I've been on the watercraft in the summer, and be it a boat open to the sun or windowed like a greenhouse, the trip can be on the hotter side of warm. Of course, also you may not have driven down, or perhaps the quickest, most direct, and sometimes only option might be the hop the bus. And then by all means do so. When you're burning more time or overcomplicating transit just to avoid the bus, you're defeating the purpose. However, I can take the bus or use Uber at home, but where else can you stroll across a fake New Jersey boardwalk from a fake Europe to a fake Hollywood? Where else can you ride a train from the future to your hotel? Where else can you watch a piano show then board a boat to Disney Springs to eat even more food? 
And that is my point. At a place where almost anything is possible and fantasy becomes reality, make an attraction even out of your transit. So in conclusion, when it can be avoided, don't let the fantasy be shattered. On bus stop number three of seven, when some lady boards and starts hammering your legs with her gigantic double stroller. And being sympathetic to her plight, you'll probably even give up your seat for her. Just don't face her and whistle. That's creepy. Making an attraction out of travel and avoiding the awkwardness, foul sense, and frustration that a bus can bring. Well, that's short leash people. I hope you enjoyed the tip. I do have an official Diz Radio email, so I'd love to hear from you with a high question, suggestions, or even your own short leash tips at dominic at disradio.com. That's D-O-M-E-N-I-C at disradio.com. I can also be found on the internet, on Twitter at, at WDWPlantoons, and on YouTube or your favorite podcast apps by searching WDWPlantoons or by visiting Plantoons.com. That's it for this week. Thanks for listening. Welcome aboard the Walt Disney World Express Monorail, our highway in the sky to the Magic Kingdom. For those of you standing, please hold on to the handrails throughout our journey and stay clear of the doors. For the comfort of others, no smoking, please. Thank you. We are circling the Disney-created Seven Seas Lagoon. Rising from the Magic Kingdom on the opposite shore is Cinderella Castle. You can also see Disney's Mountain Range, Big Thunder Mountain and Splash Mountain in Frontierland, and Space Mountain in Tomorrowland. To the right-hand side on the shores of Bay Lake is Disney's Wilderness Lodge, which captures the spirit of the National Park Service lodges built in the West during the early part of this century. Also on Bay Lake, you can enjoy a natural setting at Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground. More outdoor recreation can be found at River Country, Disney's version of the old-fashioned swimming hole. Discovery Island, an 11-acre zoological park, is located in the center of Bay Lake. Launches to Discovery Island depart from Disney's Fort Wilderness Resort and Campground, the Magic Kingdom, and Disney's Contemporary Resort.
Lights. Camera. Action! It's time for this week's Disney On Demand special guest. All right, all of you Disney fans, you tuned in for another magical installment here at DizRadio.com. And as we continue to bring you the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney, many times those are the animated features, the ones that you grow up with, you sing along with, the ones that you go home and you're sitting there sketching in your own sketchbook trying to be an animator. And with us here this week is somebody that is telling that story, continuing on with the legacy, and one of those of Floyd Norman. And with us here this week is Michael Fiore, who is the director, co-producer of Floyd Norman, an animated life. And he's the first African-American animator, a Disney legend, worked on such things like The Jungle Book and so much more. And he's going to stop in and talk about this, I guess, awesome documentary looking into great true Disney animator at the Walt Disney Studios. Thank you for stopping in. Thanks for having me. It is our pleasure having you in, stopping in with us and chatting with us because this is a documentary where, you know, I truly love because you never get enough of the behind the scenes, enough of the animators, enough of people. And Floyd is one of those animators that truly has great stories to tell and so much more. So I guess jumping into that, how did you get started with saying, let's make a documentary about Floyd? I made the movie uh, with my creative partner, Eric Sharkey. Eric had met Floyd back in the summer of 2013 at the San Diego Comic-Con and overheard Floyd mentioning, well, when I worked with Walt Disney, and you don't hear that often, so Eric uh, said, wait, 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 did you actually work with Walt? And he gave him some stories uh, that really inspired Eric to go, there should be a movie made about this guy. Eric and I had never worked together prior to that, but we shared a common collaborator in our music composer, uh, Ryan Shore, um, who also did the music for uh, for Norman and Animated Life. And I had heard of Eric through uh, Ryan because they had just worked on another documentary together called Drew Struzan, uh, The Man Behind the Poster, about uh, the famed illustrator of many, many famous movie posters like Goonies and Back to the Future and Indiana Jones. And um, I asked Ryan for Eric's contact information and, and just cold called Eric one day and said, hey, I'm, you know, coming off of a, a big movie and want to get one going right away. And what do you have uh, on your plate? And he had four or five different ideas he told me. And the one that really stuck was the idea about doing a documentary on Floyd Norman. And what was crazy was, you know, it hit me like a bolt of lightning and then I was kind of shocked that, wait, nobody's made a movie about this man? Like, the, his story seems too intriguing. So I just went and did my due diligence for a week or so and just kind of investigated Floyd's life online. And it was really true. Nobody had done anything outside of maybe some little news pieces and things of that nature. But there was no, you know, extensive hour-and-a-half-long movie. So... I went back to Eric and I said, you know, let's get together and let's talk about how we would do this. We worked together and over the course of like four or five weeks, we sat down twice and and kind of came up with a, a strategy and and uh, I just said, you know what, let's let's do this. The timing's right. Let's not wait for an investor or do a Kickstarter campaign. I said, I'm going to finance this out of my pocket. Let's just get going now. And so from the first day I talked to Eric to the first day we were sitting uh, with Floyd with a camera turned on in front of him was about five weeks. 
and that was in the um, spring of 2014. Well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where you it's very rare. You know, we've had a lot of guests on our show, and I can only say there's only been a handful that actually have personally worked with Walt. And with Floyd, like you said, you know, having this intriguing story and so many other things, I guess, with that, uh, getting familiar with him, did you go back and look at all the animated classics that uh, he was part of and kind of binge watch him once again? Yeah, I mean, there's, there's with any documentary that you make, there's a high amount of research that you need to do, and that's kind of just base level research is just to kind of refresh yourself of of all the artistry. So you when you go in and you create those questions for Floyd or anyone in his world, you kind of have an understanding of how the, the visuals evolved and changed from one movie to the next in uh, you know Floyd's long resume um and then you know you you kind of use the people in his world as another tier of research just talking to his uh wife adrian i mean she would very be very quick to say oh you need to speak to this person you need to speak to that person and as uh, eric and i always say it's it's like going down a rabbit hole that you know you think you're going down one main shoot of the hole and then all of a sudden it splits off and splinters into three other holes and then you have to decide, well, which direction am I going to go? So, you know, every time you're introduced to someone new to meet with, it's awesome because it's, you know, wow, this treasure trove of new information. But on the flip side, it's like, wow, that tunnel is now going to splinter again when we meet that person and they're going to tell us about 20 other holes you need to go down. So it's, you know, it's it's a bit of an adventure uh, and, and, you know, it takes time to just kind of figure out what the the best path is and what the best story is to tell. Well, definitely, you know, and with this, you know, I guess taking this route and telling Floyd's story, you know, because he has this great, I guess, history behind him and the Walt Disney Company. And like I said, you know, being one of the first African-American animators and so much more, I guess, uh, what was it like when you approached him and said, you know what, we want to tell the story of your life? He Floyd was very uh, cool with the idea, but as you've seen in the movie, Floyd is very humble, so his initial response was kind of like, well, I don't know, why would anybody want to hear about me, you know, why would anybody want to make a movie about me, and, you know, that comes out of the, the genuine humbleness that he has, so he was never opposed to it, but he just kind of was like, I don't know what anybody's going to get out of it. And his wife, Adrian, was, was very much the one to say, no, this is very good for you. Like, you, you, nobody really knows that you even existed outside of your colleagues in the animation industry. So let's, you know, let's get you out there. Let's, let's get, get you the attention you've always deserved. And, um, you know, he jumped right on board and, and was, was totally happy to be a part of it. I mean, he as a subject for a documentary is what a filmmaker dreams of because he was like, you need more time? You need to meet with me again for something else? Come on in. No problem. Door is open. And a lot of times you, you talk to documentary filmmakers, you say, oh, their subject was very private. They didn't really want, you know, to, to let you into every corner of their world. And, you know, those are the kind of things that being much more difficult. So Floyd was just, I mean, just a joy to work with on this. Well, definitely, you know, and like you said, watching that film, you know, he is one of those guys that's truly humble, you know, very taken back, soft-spoken, I guess. Now, in uncovering this and all these different stories that he has, uh, you know, and doing this, is there one story that he tells, one part of this documentary uh, when you were making this film that 
still to this day just makes you laugh, whether that was off camera, him telling you the story or on camera where you're like, man, that is just one story that is truly amazing. Well, I'll, I'll tell you this. This goes back to his humbleness and his just kind of, he's such a real human being. There's no airs that are put on. It, it's less of a story he told and more of an approach to just sharing some information with us. We had been filming in Santa Barbara where he grew up, and we were doing like a lot of walk and talk uh, shooting and filming with him around the community. Spent many, many, many hours. And so as when we were done, I was packing up the camera and, and, you know, we were just kind of catching up in general. And as I'm putting the camera away and putting in the trunk, he goes, Oh yeah. So Disney called me back and, and, and called me up and they, they've, they've hired me back on staff. And I laugh and I go, Floyd, why didn't you tell us that on camera? Like, he he doesn't want to make a big deal out of anything. You know, that's not the way he's lived. He just does does it because he loves it, and that's it. So, you know, this is like the third act of the movie, basically. And he's telling us this in a very, very kind of off-the-cuff, nonchalant, cameras are off, cameras are away. And so I basically said, I said, well, obviously we need to have this in the movie so you're going to have to tell us again, and I'm just going to hit you at a random time when we film again down the road, and you're going to have to tell us what you never told us before. <laughs> and that's what's in the actual end of the movie is when we, we asked him that question like weeks later, um, and he reveals it then. But that's that's the kind of guy he is. You know, he's just super humble and, um, you know, a perfect example of, uh, a person who who's followed uh, a course of just doing what they love. Well, you know, and with that, like you said, it's one of those things where it is truly what he loved. And, you know, doing this his whole life really, truly loves working for the studio and so many classics that many of us are passing on to our children we grew up with. I guess with that, with him telling these stories and going into it, I guess, how did you get it narrowed down into, you know, I guess that kind of time frame? Because, you know, watching this, I'm like, there is so much more to these stories. It could be a miniseries. Yeah, no, it's really true. The first cut that we had was three hours long, and we knew it was always going to have to get down to probably 80 to, like, roughly 90 minutes. And, you know, he does have so many different, like, sub-stories in a, in a way. You know, like, Disney is the through line, but there's so many other things going on in his life that we cover. You know, we... We lovingly say in the movie, uh, Gary Trousdale, the, the co-director of um, uh, Beauty and the Beast, among other Disney classics, calls him the Forrest Gump of animation. And it's true because like Forrest Gump, he kind of, he just does, he walks into different moments, not only in animation history, but world history. You know, going into the Korean War, you know, drawing kind of got him through it psychologically. Um, he went and filmed the Watts riots using a 16 millimeter bol- Bolex that um, uh, belonged to uh, Roy Disney. Um, you know, he created the the title sequence uh, to the original pilot episode of Soul Train. Um, he worked on the initial, uh, I guess you'd say, pilot for Fat Albert that informed the series that would come out three years later. Um, so, I mean, this is a man who has 
been everywhere and has done everything. Um, again, not even just in animation, but just kind of in like world events. He's been a part of so many cool things. And, um, you could probably, as you said, do a mini series. You could, you could do an hour or an hour and a half just on his time at Disney. You could do stuff on his time at Pixar. You could do another series on, uh, you know, all of the stuff he did at Hanna-Barbera. Um, and the reality is, you know, if you really want to give an overview of somebody's life, especially someone who's now, he's going to be turning 82, but we documented through his 80th birthday, um, there's a lot there, you know, a 60-plus year career. So you go in just saying, well, what what kind of informs the bigger picture, like the, the bigger hook of the movie? And, you know, for us, what we realized as we started to kind of sit through things was the movie was about perseverance first and foremost, but it became a story about ageism, not racism, as most people would expect, um, being that he was the first African-American at Disney, but rather ageism when he got forced, retired out of Disney on his 65th birthday. And so that then kind of leads you to say, all right, well, what are the narrative beats that are going to help support this this hook of ageism. So what we wanted to do was just kind of say, look at this man who's done everything and anything and is so with it mentally, physically. Now at, you know, 82, how can Disney force retire him at 65? You know, that's like the big overarching question set up very early on in the first, you know, three minutes of the movie. Um, so once we figured out that hook of ageism, we knew how we needed to cut the three hours down to 90 minutes. Well, you know, and like you said, too, it's one of those where it goes beyond not racism, but ageism, because he truly had this huge, great career. And of course, at that age, tapping out, which then goes to, you know, the way you guys have created this documentary and directed it. It tells this fluid story that, you know, if somebody has no clue who Floyd is. They love Disney, you know, in, even in passing. They don't really, it's nothing huge. They watch this documentary. It really does, you know, you feel for him. You you tell this story where people feel compelled. They feel for him. And it, it leaves the, the viewer wanting to uncover more from his life and his stories. Now, with that, in talking with a lot of his coworkers and people like that, and, um, you know, we've heard, you know, he's kind of a, you know, he's quiet and humble, but, you know, never a, uh, prone to doing hijinks and things like that. Did you get some great stories that never made it into the the documentary? Yeah, I mean, there was a lot of stuff that he did with Leo Sullivan, uh, his creative partner. Um, for those who haven't seen the movie, they met when Leo came to Disney to try to get a job. Um, but rather than hire him, uh, Leo is also African-American. Rather than hire Leo, they were just like, well, we've got a, another African-American here if you'd like to meet him. And as Leo says in the movie, I, he's like, I didn't want to meet another African-American guy. I want a job. Like, you know, what is, what is this? So they didn't hire Leo at Disney, but that was the, the spark of a friendship and long collaboration between Floyd and Leo. And this is back in like 1965 or so. So once Walt Disney had passed away in 66, Floyd got a sense that the company was going in a different direction. And he always viewed himself as the complete filmmaker. He was more than just a 
animator and story man, so he wanted to go and do a little bit of everything in filmmaking. So he and Leo said, we're going to go off and we're going to start this company, Vignette Films, which made black history films that were shown all around the country in schools. Now, keep in mind, this is pre-Civil Rights U.S. Nobody was doing what they were doing. They were, like, the only company that was doing this. And the, these films were very important because the the facts about notable figures in black history were were not really being shown or, or shared as they should have been. So they were uh, giving these different personalities uh, a venue to be uh, seen and recognized. Um, so, yeah, I mean, we could have, you could have truly made a movie called Floyd and Leo. And actually on our Blu-ray um, that is available online, um, we have a bunch of great bonus features that... Um, have material that you can't see anywhere else. And one of those segments is actually called Floyd and Leo, and it's an extended conversation between the two of them, featuring some stuff that didn't appear in in the movie. But yeah, I mean, their collaboration is a hugely important one, not just on like their personal level as a duo, but together they were a part of so many things in uh, animation history. And they were the perfect pairing because Leo is, while he's an artist, he's definitely more a producerial mind. And Floyd is less the businessman. He's more the artist. So they really gelled very well. And as Floyd's first wife says in the documentary, um, they never argued. She's like, in the history of, you know, she knowing both of them as a team, she's like they never argued, they never raised their voice to each other. They just knew how to get the best out of each other, and uh, it's a it's a special relationship like that could be you know very well made into its own feature film. Well, you know, with that too, you know, we know you're busy, so many different things going on, of course. Now with this documentary, you know, because it is this great thing, you know, I myself, I love, you know, animators, animation, things like that, originally wanting to be an animator. So I guess with that, uh, you know, and Floyd finally seeing the final cut, uh, what was his take when he finally sat down and screened uh, the entire, uh, the entire documentary? We finished the movie a year ago, uh, about February 2016, and we did a very special screening at the uh, Disney Family Museum in the Presidio at San Francisco. Uh, and Floyd had been sent a screener about a week or so ahead of time, and we said, you know, this is a private screening at the museum, so there's still time to change things. But we want you to see it before we screen it for an audience of like 150 people. <laughs> and neither Eric or I heard anything for that entire week plus lead-in. And so we started to go, is that a bad thing? Like we don't, <laughs> you know, we're not hearing anything. So what does the silence mean? And when we saw Floyd and Adrian, his wife, at the museum for the special screening, uh, they were very pleased. And they said, no, there wasn't really anything to comment on. You know, we really we really loved it. They did say that there were certain moments that were hard to digest because they were things that were so personal and things that even though they shared them with us, to finally see them on the screen 
was a little shocking to them. And um, in particular, um, Floyd said, you know, all of the moments talking about his divorce, um, you know, that's, you know, a very hard thing for him to this day. I mean, he, he still loves his first wife dearly. And so after that screening, you know, we said, you know, with, cause there was an audience there, you know, how do you feel now? And, you know, he, he had literally shed tears. I mean, it, for him, he said it was just, you know, to see your life like that put together. He was very moved by it. Um, so, you know, he got a standing ovation, and Eric and I were so thrilled that, you know, he could be there to, to witness it. So, you know, all in all, he he was very, very happy with with the journey we all went on together to, to tell his story. Well, you know, and like you said, it's one of those things where you finally go back and you're looking at this, uh, your life kind of put in a nutshell and kind of a, a visual yearbook and things like that. Now, with that, you know, many people love this documentary and people are still picking it up. Of course, Floyd Norman and Animated Life. It is a fantastic thing. Now, you also have the Blu-ray edition, of course, because everybody loves our high def everything. And with that, you also have a contest going on where if people really want to get immersed, this is how they can do it, right? Yeah, it's um a contest we we've already run it once and we're doing it a second time. It's the Floidering with Floyd competition. Now for those people that haven't seen the movie, Floidering is a very special term that was uh given to Floyd after he was retired from Disney. He he didn't leave Disney. He said, I'm not leaving. This is my home. So for the last seventeen years he basically hijacked a cubicle at Disney, and he goes in every day, and he draws, and he lives his life like he was never force retired. And so someone there at the Disney campus said, he's floitering. So it's a combination of his name, Floyd, and the word loitering. So it's floitering. So the competition that we're doing is, if you purchase a Blu-ray of a movie, which you can get online at floydnormanmovie.com, once you have it in hand, take a photo of yourself holding the package and then hashtag it, uh, floitering. F-L-O-Y-D-E-R-I-N-G. Put it on social media. We'll find the image and then we'll pick one person at random to be brought to Burbank, California to spend a day with Floyd on the Disney lot and, uh, have to have lunch with Mr. Norman and it is a incredible day. Uh, Eric and I were actually able to um, take part in the uh, presentation to our winner back in February of uh, 2017. An aspiring animator out of the Bay Area, uh, Tiffany Libcuban, and Floyd set up something very, very special, which was a private tour of Walt Disney's original office, which has been reset up uh, using uh, archival f- uh, photography and documentation of, like, where his pencil was sitting on his desk the last time, you know, he was in the office before he passed away. So everything is, I mean, it's like you're stepping back in time. It's It was incredible. Um, so we're running the second contest all the way through to the end of May. So, uh You've got some time to purchase a copy and, uh, you know, post online. Like I said, we'll, we'll randomly pick one person, uh, to, to spend an incredible day with Floyd. 
Very cool. You know, and that's one of those things where, you know, I would love, I would love that kind of experience and I'm sure anybody else would. So it's like, you know, you got to get this Blu-ray, get it in there, hashtag floitering. And, you know, after spending that many, I guess that many years and that much time at the Disney studios, I can see why it would be his home and he would be floitering around. So with that, Michael, you know, it was our pleasure having you stop in, chat with us. Fantastic film. I truly loved it. It was a great viewing for myself and of course my family and my kids who they really liked it watching it as well. This is a great documentary, something that takes you to that that place in time, that place with these animators that, you know, new animators are out there, of course, making new generations and new memories. But there is something to be said about that original era of animators that uh, is almost in a bygone era. So thanks for capturing that, stopping with us. And I'm looking forward to, you know, maybe some more documentaries and uh, hopefully you can go in there and uh, pull out some other uh, actors and animators and behind the scenes guys that... Uh, we're just waiting to uncover. Thank you. It's, it was our pleasure to tell Floyd's story and uh, to continue to share it with uh, your audience today. It was our pleasure once again having you stop in. And if anybody else wants to find out where they can purchase this, uh, where is that URL once more? Sure. Uh, the best place to find the movie is floydnormanmovie.com. And on the uh site there's hyperlinks to all of our social media so uh, stop on by for for all the uh, movie related info fantastic well thank you once again michael for stopping in and chatting with us and it truly was a pleasure thank you again a dream is a wish your heart makes when you're fast asleep Keep on believing the dream.
Envelope to Davis and Kirk. Write down that. He said one happy meal, please. Thanks. Now you can join the mission with all kinds of Kim Possible mega fun stuff. There's one Kimtastic toy in every McDonald's happy meal. So get happy. This is Disney historian Jim Fanning, the author of the Disney book, and you're listening to Disney on Demand. Hey there, D Heads. Page here with an all new magical music review. It's a busy week here for me as I prepare to graduate from Purdue University this weekend, and as I went through my Disney music library with graduation in mind, I couldn't think of anything better than a particular Disney Channel show which celebrates its 15th anniversary on June 7th. That's right, 15 years ago this summer, the world was introduced to crime-fighting cheerleader Kimberly Ann Possible in the hit series Kim Possible. She, Ron Stoppable, and Rufus fought together to stop a cast of villains, as well as maintain their grades and social lives as students of Middleton High. Kim and Ron graduated in the series finale back in 2007, completing a seven-year run on Disney Channel with four seasons and two movies. The show also currently holds the title as the second-longest-running Disney Channel series, being surpassed as number one by Phineas and Ferb in 2013. Composer Adam Barry was in charge of the musical score throughout the show's entire run, receiving an Emmy nomination in 2005 for Outstanding Music Direction and Composition. And the unforgettable theme song was written by Corey Lirius and George Gabriel and performed by Christina Million. The theme song ran on Radio Disney at number one for 12 straight weeks. I have songs queued up from the official soundtrack for the show as well as a few others, so let's waste no time. Follow me as we journey back to Middleton and take a listen to the music of the hit Disney Channel original show, Kim Possible. Not only did the show provide Christy Carlson Romano a new role with Disney Channel following the completion of Eve and Stevens, it also provided her the chance to sing. When Ron signs Kim up to sing at the talent show, we see one of the few times that Kim actually gets nervous as she remembers a previous singing experience that wasn't so enjoyable. But being Kim, she proves, as always, that anything is possible for a possible with Say the Word. Back with an electric-based sound, Kim sings of how she is ready and willing to help anyone, anywhere, anytime. All you have to do is say the word. Kim proves time and again that whenever someone was in trouble and in need of help, there's no problem too big or too small that she couldn't assist with. Always completed in style and with the best outcome. Thank you. 
Not only did the show provide a new Disney home for Christy, but it did the same for Will Friedle, previously seen on the hit ABC show Boy Meets World. Now taking on the role of Ron Stoppable, he also got to jump into the music world as Kim and Ron took on Draken with his mind control shampoo at a TV singing competition. With the help of his best bud Rufus, voiced by Nancy Cartwright, Ron told the story of how he happened to come to meet and adopt Rufus in the Naked Mole Rap. Telling the story in the form of a rap, the song would go on to be a popular track on the soundtrack before appearing later in the series fully animated as Kim took down Draken and Shigo, and Ron earned a B- for Mr. Barkin for his creative writing assignment. For Sheezy, it's off the hazy. Come on and listen to the mole rap. Yo, listen up, have a holla from Ron. Naked mole rap is the name of the song. Here's a story in all its glory. Ain't hiding nothing, you'll know what the truth is. How Ron met Rufus. Never heard a cat fart, never heard a puppy purr. My dad's allergic to every kind of fur. So I search for hairless pets on the internet. Draw JPEG of a pink thing. Gonna need sunscreen.
Our final selection for the week comes from the final episode of the series, The Graduation Episode. As Ron accepts his diploma, much to Barkin's disbelief, This Is Our Year begins to play, taking the viewers through the celebration of graduation and closing the show on our two leads flying off into the moonlight. Performed by Drew Seeley and Carrie Kimmel, the song provides the feeling of celebration and closure, but also gives the sense of excitement to come in the future as graduation does in real life. It gives Kim, Ron, and all their friends a perfect send-off after seven years on the air. And with that, I must sign off for the week as I have a few things to finish up before I throw on the cap and gown and head to Elliot for graduation. Thanks for sticking around for another Magical Music Review and for coming back to Diz Radio every week. I'll be back next week with another look into my Disney Music Library, but then we'll be taking a brief break as I move to Florida to begin my job at the Walt Disney World Resort. As always, check out the Diz Radio Facebook page and the D-Wire group to connect with the D-Team and myself for more Disney fun and discussion. Have a wonderful rest of your week, D-Heads, and until next time, see ya! Now, a behind-the-scenes look at the newest Disney Channel original movie. Disney's Kim Possible movie, So the Drama. Well, we're all very excited about getting to make this movie. Well, sure, it's a lot of pressure, but I'm a pro. You know, like I've always said to Ron, man, he was born to be a movie star. Cut!
It's very exciting to be the star of the movie. Huh? To finally be recognized for my superior super geniusness. Hey, genius, not star. Uh, what do you mean I'm not the star? Oh, we'll see about that. My role in the movie? Well, it's just like in real life. I'm there to make Draken look good, and let me tell you, that is not easy. Oh, shizzle, she gizzle. I think everyone's really gonna like this movie, especially the surprise twist. Oh, yeah, there's a twist, all right. Hi. <laughs> a totally twisted twist. Catch the newest Disney Channel original movie, Disney's Kim Possible Movie, So the Drama. Coming next month on Disney Channel. Now on Diz Radio, it's Brandy. Giving you the latest news on Disney's multimedia. Brandy has you covered giving you the latest news on what's happening at the Walt Disney Company. Now on DizRadio.com. Hey D-Heads, here's another game day to add to your wonderful iOS devices. It's called Star Wars Puzzle Droids. In this game, you're going to be playing uh, a little familiar game if you're used to playing Be Bejeweled's and maybe Candy Crush. This type of theme will be right up your alley. Using BB-8's wonderful memories as he's going to be showing you the retailed journey of Star Wars The Force Awakens. Along with other characters from the movie like uh, Rey, Flynn, Poe DeMarion and many others. You'll be using match 3 combos and to explore not just only that wonderful era of Star Wars The Force Awakens but the retelling of going against the First Order. Yes, this is a very pretty interesting epic game for a little puzzle droid game for iOS. You'll be able to beat wonderful combos in the match 3 versions where you're going to be power-ups clear obstacles, face against enemies, and many others. Explore the galaxy far, far away as you journey along Jakuk and escape the First Order alongside BB-8. This game is free to download on iOS and all your wonderful tablet devices, and there's some in-app games that where you can enhance your gameplay. Again, the game's called Star Wars The Puzzle Droids and is available for iOS devices. Well, this is Randy signing out for Disney Multimedia. Be sure to keep your eyes, ears, and senses alerted with the latest multimedia around you. Until then, see you next time. Come a little closer. Come a little closer. Turn another page. In the story of what's waiting for. Waiting for you. Step into the wonder. Everything you picture as it comes into view.
Hi, this is Cal David, the voice of Sunny Eclipse, and you're listening to Disney On Demand. It's Disney Blues. Disney On Demand. Ooh, I thought you were dead. Uh, uh, With your host, Jonathan Johnson. What? My dad gave it to me. It shows exactly where we are on the planet. Boop, beep, 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 boop, boop. With this baby, we'll never be alone. You just tell the man you want to go back to your mother. All right, all of you D-heads, so that's going to wrap up this week's show. I hope you had a fantastic romp here as we took that trip down the life and times and so much more of the Disney animated legend Floyd Norman with Michael Fiore. Definitely check them out at the official website. Get your copy of the Blu-ray, and maybe you can go floitering with Floyd as well. So thank you, Michael, for stopping in and sharing this true story of a great classic Disney animator. I know I truly loved it, and I know our listeners will as well. I'd also like to extend a very special thank you once again to the D team. Yes, of Aaron, Dominic, Paige, Caitlin, and Randy all stopping in here this week with their signature segments. Without you, there'd be nothing more than me rambling week in and week out, which could get old relatively fast. So thank you, the D team, for stopping in, chatting with all the D heads out there. And remember, you can connect up with the D team on our official website at DizRadio.com as well. Drop them a line. They do not bite. They are itching to interact with all of you D-heads. And finally, thank you, the D-head. Yes, most of all, thank you, the D-heads. You are the reason that we continue to bring this show to you every single week for the last seven years. You're the reason we bring the magic and memories from your lifetime of Disney every single week, and we are truly honored and blessed to bring all these guests, the D-team, and so much more to you. The D-Heads, you truly make the magic happen. So all of you D-Heads, with that said and out of the way, next week we're continuing on into our May romp, and we have all kinds of fun lined up. And before I give you a clue as to who's going to be stopping in here next week, I do want to give you all the different ways you can stay connected here at Disney On Demand. And first and foremost, you can always visit our official website at DizRadio.com. That's D-I-Z Radio. Com. There you can find our full list of past shows, the complete podcast archives, our latest news blogs, and more right there on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio. Com. You can also connect up with us all over the social media outlets on our brand new Facebook page. Yes, since our other one got hacked, we are still rebuilding that thanks to all of you D-heads. So find us there on Facebook.com slash Diz Radio Show. That's D-I-Z Radio S-H-O-W. Facebook.com Diz Radio Show. You can follow us on Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and many other places. Just search Disney Blue, that's B-L-U, Diz Radio, D-I-Z Radio, or Disney On Demand. All of which are going to help you find our fun, unique, quirky, magical little show and if you want to stay connected instantly you just can't wait you want to hear our voices in your ears instantly right away every single week all you have to do is go to itunes and stitcher radio and subscribe right there it is that easy and you can subscribe and get the latest shows as they get released on your iphone your android your tablet any device that you choose and get it right there. And remember, if I talk too fast, which I tend to do, you can find all of these links and more on our official website at DizRadio.com, D-I-Z Radio.com. So all of you D-heads, that is out of the way. All the things are cleared up. We're wrapping up this week's show. And next week, for show number 177, we're going to take a trip across a bridge. We're going to go to an imaginary land full of great trolls and flying monsters and a world of imagination. All I'll say is, is close your eyes and keep your mind wide open. So until next week, all VD heads, as I always say, slow down, take time, and never neglect family for business. Until next week, all VD heads, have fun, make the magic, make the memories, and make the most of the weekend with your friends, family, and loved ones. Have a great weekend. Good evening, folks. Remember me? 
Cricket's the name, Jiminy Cricket. And you know, there's nothing more special than spending time with family and friends, especially in such a magical place. Speaking of magical, tonight, under the twinkling stars, a magical gathering's about to begin. You and I will wish upon a star. And sure as my name's Cricket, you'll see that wishes can come true. If you believe in them, that is. So gather up your friends and family. It's almost time for the magic to begin. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, in just 10 minutes, the Magic Kingdom will proudly present Wishes, a magical gathering of Disney dreams. Featuring Jiminy Cricket and friends, the magic begins in just 10 minutes. Thank you. Damas, caballeros y niños, en solo 10 minutos, Magic Kingdom tendrá el honor de presentar Wishes, a magical gathering of Disney dreams, con Pepito Grillo y sus amigos. La magia empieza en solo 10 minutos. Gracias. Thank you for tuning in to Disney Blues, Disney On Demand. The content and thoughts expressed are those of the show and not the Disney company. Now go on and relive the magic, memories, and appreciation from your lifetime of Disney. See you real soon.